0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I am your host, Casper. I'm your other hostess, Becky Gremlin Here to bring you all things <clears throat> spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts. You guys, today is the day that Spirit Halloween are starting is starting to post their locations. Oh Not when they're open, but they're posting their locations. And I work down the street from one. Lord help. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing after work today? I'm going to Spirit Halloween. this <laughs> to spend money. I don't have. <laughs> anyway, so check your Spirit Halloween. Type in your zip code and you can see where the nearest Spirit Halloween is to you. Um, Hall- Spirit Halloween is not a current sponsor of us. I just love Spirit Halloween. Anyway, <laughs> I'm like one of those guys at the end of a commercial when they're like... <laughs> like, I guess we should just... Uh-
1: preface <laughs> preface disclaimer that uh yeah they are not a sponsor but uh we yeah we love spirit halloween around here we stand before we get I to- buy home decor from spirit halloween so it should be open all year people. for that
0: reason alone
1: that that upsets me i that that will be a complaint but you know i mean
0: you do what you gotta do you know you do uh before we get into our debit box episode about instead of a haunted location a haunted item it worked from all small there. Calm your body down. Beep. <laughs> that was a lot of in- emphasis. I did. I was um, feeling a bit Jonas Brothers. <laughs> You're incredibly fast just seems, and strong. It seems to come out. I know what you are. At the say it. Jonas Brother. <laughs> What it made me laugh as hard as it did. You know that's from the parody. Took me out of nowhere. What? There's a parody called uh Vampires Suck. Oh yeah, I and she said, yeah, oh, no, You're incredibly yeah, fast and I, strong. And I, she's I've like, I know what you are. and he goes, What? And she's like, A Jonas <laughs> Brother, and he's like, What? I've seen <laughs> I've seen that. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Vampires, Vampires Suck is um, a good parody, to be
0: honest. Anyway, it is.
1: it is. I will agree. It's very funny. I will agree. Anyways, guys. Um As always, uh, like I said, last week, we're going to be doing features every week of like just different items for sale up on the Etsy shop. Um, And this week, we're going to be uh, looking more at like the body creams. Um, Last week was the uh, blueberry lemon bath bombs. Um, I also did a reel for the first time that took off. So I guess I'm going to be posting more of those.
0: Yeah, that was kind of cool. That's like,
1: I guess that's the thing the kids are doing now. So. So, um, you know, if that's going to get more traffic, then hey, you know, you do what you got to do. Um, but woo, yeah. Woo,
0: motherfucker.
1: Right. Um, so yeah, this week's feature will be the body creams. Um, again, everything is available on Etsy. Um, at calm your body down, calm your body down, see your beauty on, um, Instagram, but, uh, pretty much calm your body down on both platforms. And, uh, as always free shipping anywhere in the U S on all the items and, uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Come your
0: body down. (laughs) So um especially. Guys, we usually do a haunted location, but instead of a haunted location this month, we decided to talk about a haunted item. Now I'm sure many of you have heard of the Dybbuk box. It is something that goes around that's been going around for a long time. If you're a fan of Ghost Adventures, I know you've heard of it. Um, if you've seen what is it? American Haunting? Is that what it's called? No. Is not... it just The Haunting?
1: Wait. Nope. That's a different one, too. The, there's possession, just too many... the possession. Okay. The Possession. It's, you're
0: right. Yeah. There's too many Haunting possessions. Too, yeah.
1: Because <laughs> The American Haunting is about the Bell Witch. The right. Haunting is uh, Hill House. Yep. The, yeah. Oh, my and, God. Um, it's... Guys, there's just a lot of hauntings. That's probably why there's, there's a lot, lot of th- hauntings and possessions and
0: exorcisms of, and
1: there's just a lot of those.
0: So that's why I appreciate when the possessions and the haunting or the the haunting and the exorcism they put of name of whatever. And like, look at me knowing what those movies were. I was like,
1: <laughs> when you're fucking horror fan, you're like, wait, no, you're not gonna think about this. And I'm over here like,
0: take notes. <laughs> I I forgot. Um, (laughs) So, The Possession, with Jeffrey Dean Morgan, that movie was based on a Dybbuk box. Yes. Excuse me. So, basically, a Dybbuk box is a wine cabinet claimed to be haunted by a Dybbuk. We'll get down into into a moment. A concept from a Jewish mythology. The box gained notoriety when it was auctioned on eBay by owner Kevin Manis, who created a story featuring Jewish Holocaust survivors and paranormal claims as part of his eBay item description. Manus' story was the inspiration for the horror film, The Possession. It's really right in front of my face.
1: (laughs) It's fine. It's okay. Again, it's one of those words where you're just like, fuck. um, So getting into what an actual Dybbuk is, because there is quite a bit of... um, mythology into the history behind it, um, Jewish mythology, um, because it is essentially a demon, um, or what they would refer to as uh, what's referred to here on Wikipedia as a malicious possessing spirit. So it's literally the dislocated soul of a dead person. Um, It is supposedly, or the dislocated soul supposedly leaves the host body once it has accomplished its goal after it has been exercised. So the history behind them is that um, it looks like the term Dybbuk first appeared in 16th century writings, though it was ignored by mainstream scholarship until a play by S. Anski entitled The Dybbuk was popularized um, in the concept uh, around literary circles. Earlier accounts of possession were of demonic, pos- uh, earlier accounts of possession such as that given by Josephus or Josephus. Um, This was a first century uh, Roman Jewish historian uh, that was born in Jerusalem. Uh, Demonic possession was rather that of ghosts. Uh, These accounts advocated uh, orthodoxy among the populace as a preventative measure. For example, it was suggested that a sloppily made uh, mezuzah, which is a piece of parchment, Containing decorative cases and inscribed with uh, specific Hebrew verses from the Torah, were entering or entering doubt
0: about Moses,
1: or sorry, entertaining doubt about Moses crossing the Red Sea, opened one's household to Dibbic possession. So, pretty much anything that was not done within the measure of Jewish law was considered to be open to Dibbic possession. So, somewhat in the same way as a Christian, quote-unquote, that you would open yourself up to demonic possession. Um, There's a lot of examples in The Demonologist. Um, Yes. You know, Ouija boards or any type of literature in your home about uh, black magic or just any, you know, being very ignorant of witchcraft but thinking, oh, I'm going to try to do this and you have literally no idea what you're doing. So that would invite uh, demonic spirits into your home. So that's kind of been the same thing, like, with, not within keeping, if you're an Orthodox Jew, within keeping with Orthodox law, if you're not keeping with an Orthodox law, that you're opening yourself up to a divic coming into your home.
0: But um, the Luigi board? The Luigi board? Also, can we talk about how fucking cool of a word mezuzah is? I know. Look, some Yiddish words are
1: amazing mezuzah is it's like great, zazu it's such a great word it really
0: is when i saw it i was like oh very precise
1: details of names i really do love that word and locations have been included in accounts of divic possession rabbi Yol titelbaum the Satmire rebbe i think that's how you say that i am so sorry you my said Satmar. i am so sorry because my my
0: i wouldn't I expect you to know <laughs> very
1: my my Hebrew isn't what it isn't what it's. I'm sorry, I didn't brush up on my. Sorry, I know.
0: Um, also, the word Tettelbaum is it terrible that my brain went? Oh, Tannenbaum, Oh, Tannenbaum. Oh my God!
1: I know, right? It's very German. It's it a is very very German last name. Um, he is reported to have supposedly advised an individual said to have been possessed to consult a psychiatrist. Um, which typically would be the same thing if you would go to the Catholic church to speak to a priest about an exorcism, they would advise you first to speak to a psychiatrist and be evaluated to see if it could possibly be schizophrenia or something. I mean, we've seen that in a vast, vast uh, majority of movies about demonic possession. Like you rule out um, a psychiatric diagnosis first before you go that route because... More not saying that either one of us don't believe in that, but more likely than not, there's typically a psychiatric explanation to. A lot that's of why things.
0: they've started doing it because they were doing a lot of demonic possession cases, quote unquote, and then found out that there was a mental illness behind it. So that's why they do that first, just to be sure, because demonic possession cases are actually more rare. Mm -hmm. but they are real. So they're kind of just like, let's just, um, narrow down the actual cases and not waste our time with that. So like there's actual, uh, there is an, and there is an actual
1: hysterical symptom called Dybbuk possession. It's actually listed in psychological literature. Um, there was a article written in a psychiatric journal published journal uh israel journal of psychiatry and related science in 1989 it's a hysterical symptom uh due to psychodynamic and sociocultural factors but it's literally called the dybbuk possession um now in that anski play about the dybbuk it took on um which here's another thing that can also be mixed within christian mythology about demons uh you know the whole lore of of uh, This goes back to Rosemary's Baby, uh, the the entity uh, of literally uh, the devil or a demon raping you or sexually assaulting you or, or giving birth to a demon or the demon entering a woman through rape or sexual assault. Because um, it mentions here that traditionally Dybbuk's are male spirits. So when they possess women, it's usually in a sexual fa- fashion. And that was brought up more in Nancy's play. Um, His play is also a significant work of Yiddish theater and has been adapted into a number of time, a number of, uh, by a number of writers and composers, including Jerome Robbins, Leonard Bernstein, and Tony Kushner. In the play specifically, a young bride is possessed by the ghost of the man she was meant to marry had her father not broken a marriage agreement. There are other forms of soul transmigration in Jewish mythology um, actually, wait. This actually was turned into a movie that I think you can actually find. You can stream it somewhere, and I think it came out in like the 30s or the 40s. So the actual play was turned into a film too. I think I really I think you can stream it somewhere. Um, but uh, again, there's other forms of soul transmigration in Jewish mythology, in contrast to the Dybbuk and Eber or iber which literally mean, means impregnation, is a positive possession. It happens when a righteous soul tempora- temporarily possesses a body. This is all, this is always done with consent so that the soul can perform a mitzvah. The Gilgul, uh, which is Hebrew for rolling, puts forth the idea that a soul must live through many lives. Okay, so like a soul is rolling through many lives before it gains the wisdom to rejoin with God. That sounds kind of similar to reincarnation. Uh, reincarnation yeah and the psychological literature oh yeah it's cons- uh actually literally considered a hysterical syndrome but um there was a um i was telling i was talking to uh, <laughs> casper about uh the unborn and i think that like both of us pretty much came to the conclusion that like we didn't watch it or watched enough of it that we didn't pay any attention to it because I literally forgot like everything about this movie. I forgot the entire... Pl- I, I literally forgot it was even about a
0: divic. I totally forgot. Um, I thought it was hilarious because she messaged me and I was at work. You were like, wait, this movie? She said, what? And I was like, she look. She said, man, the Unborn is so underrated and I'm like, this one? Because i You're talking about this one. This movie was pretty fucking awful. I was like, now it's no
1: so <laughs> fucking uninvited but <laughs> it's... Because the acting is is left up to desire but it's it's the the storyline was really interesting in the way that it because the dybbuk itself is a demon of jewish mythology um because this has actually been brought up before about a dybbuk being manifested in nazi concentration camps and that's one thing that is talked about spoiler alert in um the unborn that this spirit is attached to an unborn twin and that it's literally a dybbuk that's trying to come through her body. And the grandmother tells this story of being in a concentration camp with her brother and her brother was transformed into a dibbick after he was, um, after he died from having these, horrible experiments done to him um well if you guys know like the part against spoiler movies like forever old ago so anyway if you (laughs) haven't seen it yet sorry um the demon's eyes are really blue and the reason why and this was actually true and they mention it joseph mangla would perform horrible experiments i mean if if anybody's familiar with that you can google it the guy's fucking awful but um to say the least but one thing that he was really interested in experimenting on was twins and one thing that he would do with twins is they would inject dye into their eyes and what he did to the grandmother's twin brother is he injected blue dye into his eyes and he died essentially but then two days later she said he came back but it wasn't him it was a divic. so he had already been possessed and um there, I'm even reading here that in 1967, there was a book written about a concentration camp warden who was haunted by the Dybbuk of one of his victims. So, it's there have been um, books written about a Dybbuk, uh in the sense of it surrounding um, Holocaust survivors or, you know, having to do with Nazi. Uh, Nazi concentration camps, which I could totally see. Um, also, I'm reading here, too, that there was a book written, book series written about a, misch- a mischievous character called a Dybbuk that basically described a like a djinn. So it was almost featuring a Dybbuk like a, like a genie. Like, and if you guys go back and listen to our djinn episode, it's really fucking good because we learned a lot about the djinn that I didn't even know um
0: but not the drink
1: so no um (laughs) but yeah so that that would be that's interesting but yeah so it takes on the actual history of the dybbuk is uh steeped deeply in jewish mythology um usually in uh not so not typically so so much now in orthodox jewish mythology but, um, like Kabbalah Jewish, it's, there's vast, you know, I'm, this is not a literary lesson right now about Jewish, about, uh, Jewish religion, but, um, just in different levels of it and how it's discussed, uh, what, if it's really believed in or not, um, that was actually something, cause we'll get in, you know, that movie, The Possession that I like that they discussed, um when Jeffrey D. Morgan's character was looking for help about this Dybbuk box and the Dybbuk that was ultimately possessing his daughter after it was released from this box, that he goes to um, an Orthodox Jewish town and uh, he meets um, the characters played by uh, the rapper Matis Yahu. And um, that was really interesting getting that view of it to where he actually goes, he meets Orthodox, Orthodox Hasidic Jews that are actually like, they're like, no, we're not even going to, like, meet with you. We're not even going to talk with you about it. We're not going to help you at all. Like, it goes against everything. Like, you're not Jewish. You don't follow what we say. We're not going to, you know. And, I mean, and that that would That's ultimately a little be typical. That would be typical, basically. With yeah. demonic possession. I mean, it is. Because That's it's, what, like, the Conjuring... it's like they believe in it, but they don't believe in it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we it's believe like in contrary but we don't talk like... about
0: it. And we don't have your kids been baptized? And he's like, we're not really church people. And he's like, you may want to rethink that. So that's, that's what I
1: found interesting about, um, that I liked how they featured that in the possession in discussing the fact that, uh, in Jewish law, that that would, that would almost be something that that would really happen. Like, you can't just go in there. Like, you know, they believe, they believe in that stuff enough that if you're an outsider, they are not going to talk to you about it. And they're not going
0: to help you. Like, they're just not. So, um... It's kind of like the episode of Ghost Adventures where Zach goes to uh, New Mexico in, uh, like, it's Skinwalker territory and he's talking to this guy about it and the guy's like, you don't believe in Skinwalkers? And he's like, oh yeah, I do. And he's like, no you don't. Because if you did, you wouldn't be here talking about it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Whoa. Because, like, especially, like, I believe in skinwalkers and I talk about them a lot, but I also don't live in Navajo territory. Like, I don't live in the Navajo area. If you live in that area, obviously, and you really truly, like, believe that there are very many in those in that area, it's just... And they don't like talking about it. They don't like talking about it at no. all.
1: Well, it would be the same thing with Jewish law. Like, they don't... To talk about it is is to manifest it. Like that, that's it it's very much the same. I mean, I'm sure it's it's similar the similarities in the same way that the Navajo would feel about discussing a skinwalker because they deeply believe in them. And you discuss that in any way, that's that's a manifestation of it. So yeah, you believe in it enough to talk about it, to want to explore it. Then you really don't believe in it. (laughs) Because why do you need proof?
0: (laughs) Because I'm over here like, I don't want to see a skinwalker in person. Nope, I'm good.
1: Fucking lately not. No,
0: I'm not going to. You ain't going to see me going into Mexico like, let me just go find a skinwalker. I'm good. No, thank you. No, I don't
1: want
0: to find. (laughs) But you know what I'd really like to see is a Bigfoot or a Wendigo. I'd
1: like to see a Bigfoot. I nothing to do with that either. Oh, Bigfoot for sure. Uh, But Bigfoot. nothing else. Yeah, no, I'm good. (laughs)
0: So in 2003, so we're back to the dibic box. We're going to talk about the history of the dibic box. In 2003, in Portland, Oregon, writer and furniture refinishing yes, refinishing business owner Kevin Manis purchased the cabinet from the yard sale of a local attorney and began developing a backstory. According to Manus, the carving in the back of it is my carving. The stone that was in the box is something that is a signature creation of mine also. Make no mistake, I conceived of the Dybbuk box, the name, the term, the idea, and wrote this creative story around it to post it on eBay. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. Manus' auction description included a story claiming that the cabinet was previously owned by a survivor of the Holocaust in Poland, who said it contained the malicious spirit of a Dybbuk and that the box had paranormal powers and was responsible for his bad luck and nightmares. Subsequent owners were told Manis' story when reselling the item and amplified it with their own claims of strange phenomena.
1: Yeah, just to give a little bit of... We'll, we'll go more into this. So, very recently, as of July 8th of this year, Kevin Manis has admitted to completely fabricating the Dybbuk box story. He did not buy the Dybbuk box. He did not purchase it. He built it himself. He fabricated the story over time. <clears throat> Um, but for whatever reason, people who have come in contact with this Dybbuk box over the years have pretty significant claims of really, really terrifying things happening to them, whether it's coincidence or not, whether they manifest it. Look, and I'm a firm believer of people manifesting their own demonic energies. We'll get more into that about Zach Bagans. I'm... I just think a lot of people do that. I think if you go running head first into demonic activity, you're you're asking for it. And I think that if you surround yourself with enough of that, you're going to manifest that, and I think that a lot of people do that. I think just as much as you can manifest good energy, you can manifest bad energy and negative energy. When you manifest that type of energy, you are inviting demonic and en- demonic entities to attach to you so i think people that could have come in contact with kevin's supposed quote-unquote dybbuk box may very well be ex- be experiencing things and it may not necessarily be tied to this specific item it's things that they are manifesting within themselves or as we all know too some things are just coincidences i i hate that a lot of people want you know sometimes people want to find Something and something, and it's just not fucking there. And I and I get it. You know, it, it's we we want to believe that there's. Oh no, it has to be this, this or this. It can't be coincidence. Well, no, some things really are just coincidences, and it's really hard for people to accept. So that's also a thing as well. Some things just fucking happen. Don't try to fucking read into it. It just happens. Or what? you very well can manifest evil and. It will bring in demonic activity. It, I'm a firm believer in that. So, well, I mean, whether he lied about this or not, I could believe that people could have already had a demonic detachment and then all of a sudden they come into contact with this box and they hear this story and it's like it just, you know what I mean?
0: The door was creaked right. and it's like, right <laughs> now it's like
1: wide open. Exactly. Well,
0: I mean, I, I'm somebody who did that. I grew up in a home that you know, we talked about God and we talked about angels, but we never really talked about demons. We Mm, did talk mm -hmm. about Satan a lot, but we never really talked about demons. So, you know, me being my curious ass, dove deep into some shit. Um, I never played with a Ouija board, thank Jesus. Um, But any time, like, Bloody Mary, Candyman, uh, reading into you know, demonic stories and this and that. And I truly believe, because a lot of people are like, how in the world did you get an attachment from the movie The Exorcist? I think that movie was the feather on top of the giant pile that I had created because I was so, I was getting obsessed with that kind of stuff because I didn't know, I didn't know the line. Like, you know, when you're being raised in that kind of household and being so... Was curious. Honestly, it was all curious. It was well just, because I was you very curious. Shel- well, and it's
1: sheltered. Exactly, when, when you're sheltered, that immediately leads to curiosity. When you're not told, that's what you're gonna go looking for because you don't. How do you know? How will you not? How will you ever know? You wouldn't. If someone doesn't tell you, then you're gonna go looking for it for it yourself. Now, luckily. And I'm shocked even with the way my mom was raised, because she was raised Catholic that my mom so openly discussed uh, you know, like saw the Exorcist and like had uh like talked about Ed and Lorraine Warren like well not like actually I take that back. Like we talked about Ed and Lorraine Warren after Amityville because my mom really liked uh the Amityville horror and like really liked that story and uh it uh my mom would not watch The Exorcist. She actually wouldn't watch it. I watched it later, like, obviously, or not when I was a fucking kid, but, and my mom would not watch it. Now, that was, like, the one movie my mom, and that was because my mom was raised, like, if you were raised Catholic, Catholicism was, like, a whole different thing. I think, like, Baptist was, Baptist didn't talk about demons. All Catholics talk about its demons. Like, Catholics that's
0: are all, like no. saints,
1: saints and demons, saints and demons, saints <laughs> and demons, and Sprinkle in a little Jesus, but mostly saints and demons. It's a lot of saints and, and demons. And Baptist is like, God
0: and Jesus, and God and Jesus and angels, and God and Jesus and the devil.
1: <laughs> yeah, they don't, yeah, no. You you believe in demonic possession. You believe that's real. You believe that happens. You Yeah, like, and the fact that the exorcist, that is a real story. Uh, It, whether you want to believe it or not, whatever, but that is a real story. It's like, my mom would not watch the exorcist like that's where she drew the she drew the line but like she would like she was very much interested in ed and lorraine warren like she was really like she believed enough in demonic possession and demons being real that any you know that like certain things she would be into but then like other things you'll see
0: me being young and not knowing that line that's why I believe The Exorcist just was my, was me crossing it. Because it was just, I didn't know, I truly didn't believe demonic possession was real until I saw that film. A lot like, of people, wouldn't I, I didn't. you would
1: automatically dismiss it as either made up or uh, a delusion or um, a psychiatric problem. Like, you would think someone, like, oh, they just, you know, if you're hearing voices or something, then you must be schizophrenic Schizophrenic or whatever whatever. like that's and it's like nope there have been very very well documented cases of demonic possession there's been enough of them not just the roland doe case that inspired the exorcist there's been enough so uh but i could see how people wouldn't believe if you weren't taught that If you weren't, I think that there's people that genuinely don't believe it, or there's people because there's there's people are very close to me that they're just very dismissive of it.
0: I think that was more me because they talked about it in church, but it was was never not that you
1: didn't really believe in it. It's like you're just kind of dismissive of it, like yeah, okay, whatever.
0: Yeah, more like that, like oh, demons, all right. Until I dug deep and watched that movie, and and then you're like, oh, demons, Ha! (laughs) this shit this shit is real and then like right after all of that happened i got i was introduced to ed and lorraine and that's that's ed and lorraine really saved me because that's why the demonologist is so good because the demonologist is like there were so many times they were like you cannot cross that line and i was like i did it already yeah (laughs) but i at least knew enough to where when i crossed the line and i knew what was happening i stopped it before it got really bad because i knew deep down what was going on so <laughs> thank you lord <laughs> thank it's you Chief. not always this is the
1: case though i'm telling you yeah no get to a point where it's you know when you're um well and, and again like going back to the to the uh demonologist and this is just I think this is probably pretty standard in any level of possession um, with the demonic spirit in whatever type of culture, mythology that you believe in, that I think there are different levels. And I think you, you know, when people are open and susceptible to the, you know, ultimate possession, that that takes on a whole nother. I mean, it's one thing to have an attachment, it's a whole nother thing to have a full full on possession
0: it takes Um, a long
1: time to get there too because they're they're well you also have different possessions too right mm -hmm. because there can be people that are possessed there can be objects that are possessed there can be places that are possessed yes and then that takes on a whole yeah so there's that too
0: but yeah i know i know a lot more now
1: (laughs) oh for sure very educated
0: now (laughs) Well, that's why we I
1: like doing episodes like this, too, because I think even in subjects like this, like I think like talking about a gin talking about a dybbuk, these may be things that a lot of people aren't familiar with, whether they saw these movies, didn't see these movies, you know, they're this isn't something that they're familiar with. Or could have seen these movies and thought a dybbuk was made up and that it wasn't a real thing, but that this is actually a real, I mean, you know, real, real, real saying is a relative word, but this is an actual belief that people have it's not just a made-up thing from a movie and a lot of people may not know that so that's why i like doing episodes like this because it's educating people
0: get connected for free with education connection why did i see
1: them in a TikTok the other day
0: like, i love that you were jamming so hard i was just now
1: i was because i <laughs> thought about that TikTok and the commercial
0: because I'm old
1: enough, I'm like definitely old enough to. Remember.
0: It was like the other day when you were like, I got that whole music today. That was
1: those. That was those commercials were on. Like when I went to to college, like when I went to community college, like those commercials were everywhere. Like trying to get people to go back to school. Probably just my age like, like People in their mid twenties. Like when you're like, I
0: don't know what to do. Get connected yeah. for free. With that's what, that's what you do. That's exactly and you what you go do. Go back to community
1: college. <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do. And then you don't do any. any and you're still paying. Student loan.
0: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> talking about possession when you talk about fucking student right? loans.
1: That's the real
0: evil. That's evil. the true evil <laughs> in the world. <laughs> loans. The
1: IRS and student
0: loans. You know, you were possessed by a demon, but have you had a student loan? Right. Look. I don't know. Like sex is great and all, but have you ever paid off a student loan? Equally right. <laughs> Let me tell
1: you, when that day happens I might die. <laughs> Why would you die though? Or I might I might be I might be close to death by the time I get it paid off.
0: That's like winning a lottery <laughs> and dying the next day. Oh suck. Isn't it ironic? I suck don't you think <laughs> it's like right okay so one owner uh, jason Haxon, director of the museum of osteo osteopathic okay i was like i'm gonna pronounce this wrong osteopath Osteop- osteoporosis um, medicine. In- I was just about to say. I was like, "There's that. <laughs> there's that uh,
1: community college education coming into play." I know. I know how to say
0: osteopathic. And I haven't had college. Thanks, community college. But I don't have a student loan. <laughs> rub it in, why don't you? Rub it in. Rub it in. <laughs> it's funny. I like when everyone's like, "Oh, my student loans," and I'm like, "I don't have one." Good. Don't,
1: because I don't didn't go to it. college. Don't do it and i have no desire to it's a fucking hack and it's a lie it's a scheme unless you're gonna be a doctor like unless it's something legitimately that you need to go to college (laughs) for it's a fucking hack
0: it's not not especially if
1: you're a business major like for the love of god don't do it it's made up communications and business majors i'm sorry it's made up don't do it don't do it. It's money. Don't do it.
0: Um. So museum. It's a trap. Us- it's a trap. Sorry, throwing a Star Wars. <laughs> Osteoporosis. Exactly. Um, Osteopathic medicine in Perksville, Missouri, launched a website that consolidated claims about the cabinet called DividBox.com that reportedly received hundreds of thousands of hits and created what has been described as an internet legend. In 2004, Haxton sold the rights to a story to the story to a Hollywood production company. The film The Possession was produced by Sam Raimi and released in 2012. Haxton later gave the cabinet to Ghost Adventure Zach Bagans to display in his museum and in 2018, rapper Post Malone claimed a spat of bad luck was caused by his contact with the cabinet. I don't know about that.
1: But anyway... (laughs)
0: I'm gonna go out he- on a limb and say <laughs> probably me. not. Um excuse me. Anyway. So according to author
1: <laughs> Alan, L- I'm S- gonna leave
0: that alone. According to author Alan S. Mott was he the creator sauce. Applesauce? Applesauce. So oh my god, I want applesauce. <laughs> applesauce. We embrace such stories because they tap into our own fears and prejudices. Mott said the story taps into our belief that out in the world there is a supernatural evil that will attack anyone regardless of how good they are. They allow people to make some sense of a chaotic world. Folklorist Jan Harold Brunvand noted that the story features a supernatural angle and first-person narrative, a variation on typical urgent Urban legends. <laughs> Urgent Lebens, right? Cal State Anthropology Professor and Folklore Specialist Elliot Oring o- criticized claims that the cabinet saying about the cabinet saying go through the story and you will see the areas that seem to require suspending critical functions. Arizona Minister and Author Reverend Jim Willis <clears throat> opined that the story was most likely a very elaborate hoax, but that his opinion takes all the fun away from the popular ur- urban legend. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> Chris Finch. I like I, cracked myself. I just said Finch. Chris. Chris. Freitch, Why did I see Finch, too? I'm like, no. <laughs> head of the Animalistic Psychology. Anomalistic. My bad. Anomalistic Psychology Research Unit at Goldsmiths College. Said the box owners were already primed to be looking out for bad stuff. Bam. If you believe you've been cursed, then inevitably you explain the bad stuff happens in terms of what you perceive to be the cause. Put it like this. I would be happy to own this object. So this is exactly why Becky and I, when we go ghost hunting, when something happens, we try to explain it. Because the reason is, is when you're going into these places, your mind is like, this place is haunted. You want to try to explain it first because your brain can conjure up anything as it being oh well that was paranormal you could hear a noise well that was paranormal well there could have been someone down there and they made a noise you know like you have to try to explain it first before being concrete like yeah I have absolutely no idea what that was
1: yeah I'm not gonna buy into something until I've investigated it and looked more into it My, I mean and that, that would literally go for anything like mm-hmm. you know you can't you can't take something at face value. Um, I think, especially when when you're, you know, again, like when you're doing what we're doing, like or when, or when you're just doing any type of ghost hunt. If you're taking it, if you're taking it seriously, you're going to try to uh, take out all outside factors first before you can concretely say something is. Uh, spirit activity or not.
0: Cause like genuinely, how many times have we been like, Oh my God. And then we're like, Oh, there's someone there. Right. Exactly. Like how many times? Has yeah. that happened? Or just certain sounds that can be explained. If something's a
1: bug, if, if it's a flash on a camera, if it's, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, you know, you've got to be able to explain it first. Explain the explainable before you start going into the unexplainable, because a lot of things can be explained
0: away. Be a healthy skeptic. Yeah, you have be, to. Be. You don't. You don't have to be like, well, I believe in ghosts, so I can't be a skeptic. No, be a healthy skeptic. Oh my god! I mean, don't just, go in and be like, oh, I felt wind. Look, just don't do be like, period, oh, well, that was a ghost.
1: Just do that period in life anyway. Yes. Like, educate yourself about something. Get, if something get... doesn't, if you're worried that something doesn't sound right or it's new or you don't understand it, hey, there's there's resources out there. There's credible. <laughs> There are still credible resources out there if you know where to look and you know the people to talk to so that you can just be more knowledgeable. Find the truth on things. Even if it's something the, yeah. you think
0: you know a bunch about. Research Whoa, it look, more.
1: Research it more anyway. Research it you more. Could way, you could find things that maybe you didn't know.
0: So, you know, I can think I can sit here and say I know paranormal shit inside and out. I don't. I, I no, do not everything. I do, but do I know everything? No. And I love being more educated on it. I love learning new things. I love stuff like that. Especially if it's something I'm really interested in. So in 2014, skeptical author Brian Dunning investigated the Dybbuk Box box legend and determined this. The whole idea of the box being inhabited by a dybbuk is nonsensical, according to what a dybbuk is supposed to be. The Encyclopedia Mythica describes it as a disembodied spirit possessing a living body that belongs to another soul, and usually talks from that person's mouth. An important 1914 Yiddish play, the dybbuk was about the spirit of a dead man who possessed the living body of a woman he had loved and had to be exercised. Nowhere in that literature is there a precedent for a Dibbock inhabiting a box or another inanimate object. In his closer look column in Skeptical Inquirer online in January 2019, investigator <coughs> excuse me, Kitty Biddle, Bi- I saw the word Bible and then I saw a D and I was just like, Biddle, <laughs> Biddle, reviewed the Dibbick box he found on display in Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum in Las Vegas. His conclusion, following careful investigation of the cabinet's construction and history, was despite what various owners would have us think, the infamous Dibbick box is not a haunted Jewish wine cabinet from Spain, but instead a mini bar from New York. Biddle also re- wrote that he believes Manus created the story from whole cloth and that this elaborate story that started the entire legend was not an account of real supernatural events, but instead a fictional backstory he came up with to sell an ordinary and incomplete mini bar. Biddle's claim of the box and its legend being fraudulent is backed up by a screen capture of Facebook post made by the originator of the legend kevin manis to the haunt me page the post dated october 24th 2015 states this i am the original creator of the story of the dibit box which appeared as one of my ebay posts back in 2003. how about this if you or anyone else can find my riff any reference to a dibit <coughs> box anywhere in history prior to my ebay post i'll pay you hundred thousand dollars and tattoo your name on my forehead manis then later admitted this is what we were talking about To writer Charles Moss that the box was his own creation and that he added new elements to the story every year to help evolve it and keep it relevant and interesting. So yeah, he lied. Yeah, so apparently,
1: I mean, I, there's recently been, as of last year, some, uh, there was, I think it was a four-part series done as a spinoff from Ghost Adventures called Ghost Adventures Quarantine. Where Zach and um, the crew of Ghost Adventures were in Zach's haunted museum, and one of the episodes was about opening not only Kevin's dibic box, but supposedly another dibic box that uh, Zach had been in contact with, or had 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 been given, or got, or bought, or whatever. Um, so I, I I don't know because even after you know, again, like I said, this is just as recent as July of this, you know, this month, literally this year, where um, Manus comes clean about making the story up over time. He revealed to Haxton that he had made the whole thing up. Haxton still maintains that everything that happened to him was true. Um, But he believes that it was something that Manus did. Uh, Haxton states that he always called it a wish. I always called it a wish box. Whoever created the Dibbix box gave it a power to do something. The creation of the Dybbuk box and its story created a ripple effect in people's lives. He referred to Manus when he stated that the sum of the Dybbuk box is greater than he had ever imagined. Um. Charles Moss, who we mentioned, wrote an email to Zach uh, Bagans, who initially declined to be interviewed, to inform him that Manis had lied, and then he was privy to communication between Manis and Bagans, where Manis messages him saying, um... "Oh, I'm sorry." Manis messages Moss. To say he had just gotten a call from Baggins and Manis wrote, Not good, not happy, and you won't believe the shit happening now around me. Seriously, I'm getting bombarded with the curse. Then he lists the events that have happened to him in the last week, including his car breaking down, his girlfriend leaving him, his mother dying, and two of his friends passing away. I'm not going to go into the rest of the stuff that he that has occurred over the last seven days, he adds, but it is striking to say the least, and it comes it keeps coming. Despite all this and the subsequent messages, he still refers to the original Dybbuk Box story that he wrote is fictional. Later, I hear from Baggins via email. This is Charles Moss saying this, that Baggins wrote him back stating that since him since him owning the Dybbuk Box, <laughs> him? him owning the Dybbuk Box, Zach... Uh, There have been countless documented experiences that people have had with it, not just myself, but museum staff, Post Malone most notably, crew members, visitors. He also claimed that multiple guests were severely affected by the Divic box, um, or the room that it's actually kept in, that they had to be escorted out uh, on stretchers. Um, I don't believe this to be the full truth, he writes in response to what Manus said about making the story up. He cites some of the things that have befallen Manus in the past week, which Manus shared with him. And Zach goes on to state that, I think there is so much more to the Dybbuk box regardless of its origins. It is cursed and evil. I'm not surprised that there is more controversy and conflict that keeps arising from it. The Dybbuk box has always raised questions and intrigue and in this adds to the narrative. Um, for those who always doubted Manus's story, this article is their uh, confirmation for those who believe in the Dybbuk box, manus's admission won't have much effect. The Dybbuk box has been the focus of books, uh, major motion picture and TV shows. Baggins writes in conclusion of his email, and there is more to this powerful cursed item. Its story is still being told. Um, so I guess what Manus is implying and what Zach is going on to state that even though the actual Dybbuk box that Manis created and built, and the story that he made up behind it doesn't matter, there's still some evil attached to this object, enough of it so that um, it's not only caused things to happen to, uh, what was that Haxton guy's first name? Um, Oh no, I just had it.
0: Oh no! The guy, John,
1: the guy that had that museum. Yeah, was it John Haxton? It was. It started with a J. Jason Haxton. I'm sorry, the uh, the guy who had the museum. Uh, Jason Haxton still says things have happened to him. Kevin Manis still said things have happened to him. He's the one that said his girlfriend left him, mom died, all this stuff happened. Uh, Zach saying things are happening to people in the museum still. Again, I think these are things that they manifested themselves. Also, I don't think it has anything to do with this box. Um, I think it also goes back again to what Brian Dunning said, who's a skeptical author. Um, He's a scientific skeptic. He writes for a weekly podcast called Skeptoid. Um, And he, going back to specifically what he said, which I mentioned in the beginning, is if you look at the actual origin of what a Dybbuk is actually supposed to be, it is a disembodied spirit that possesses a living body belonging to another soul. Nowhere in the folklore is there any precedent that states a divic inhabits a box or an inanimate object. Now, I think in the movie The Possession, they seem to always get around it essentially possessing a box that it was just happened to be contained in this box and it was trying to possess this child. So typically when something, I mean, you could take this back to Chucky, you could take this to Annabelle, you could take this to anything. When... A spirit is inhabiting in an animate object. That's not its home. It's a host until it's finding a body and a soul to possess. So I think that's how they got around it when they were trying to make the movie is saying that there is nothing specifically possessing, quote unquote, this Dybbuk box, this box or whatever. The Dybbuk is just a host. The dibic is just being held in this box for now until it finds a host, essentially, to possess. Um, so, yeah, I don't, again, I don't know. Um, another thing in this quarantine episode is Zach claimed to have two of them, not only the one that Kevin Manis made, whatever, but he also had this other smaller box, and he tells this story that there's supposedly seven of them, um, and that if all seven... Come together. He even interviewed somebody. I don't know who it was, but he interviewed somebody on this episode. He interviewed Kevin Manis, but he also interviewed someone else. And they claim to have a Divic box. Like, apparently, there's five of them that people have in possession. Zach supposedly has two of the five, and then the other two are buried, unclaimed. And supposedly, nobody knows where they are. So, Who's to say I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily I don't know where he got this story from. Um, again, it's nothing that we found that we read again that the skeptic even mentioned about a Dybbuk in a specific box. so I don't I don't really know. supposedly if all seven of these boxes come together and are open, they're supposedly is gonna open a portal to hell. i don't I don't know. um, can we not? please.
0: um. Oh. Not that I think that would happen, but can we not? So, the folklore behind
1: the Dybbuk, I could buy into Mm -hmm. because there's folklore in many other religious traditions of there being demons
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and demonic possessions and all kinds of things. Now, you know, since the origin of this Dybbuk box basically started with Kevin Manis's story... mm, Do I believe in a Dybbuk box, necessarily? I don't know. I really don't know at this point. Um, I feel like
0: the the specific Dybbuk box that they're talking about that he made, because it's been through so many hands and so many people have manifested on it. Yeah, for sure. I feel like that they've manifested something evil in it. But is it a Dybbuk? No. I, I don't think that it's a Dybbuk. I think it's just probably a regular old demon. That people have manifested due to all the negativity that surrounds it at all times. Oh my God. If you have so many people in this museum, you've got
1: thousands and hundreds of thousands of people passing through it. Think about all that energy that's being manifested in such a small space. And like I was going to say. And specifically the objects that are in this place. These are not good things in this museum. There are items that have had dead bodies in them. These, These are items that serial killers have possessed. These are these are very haunted things. These are none of the things in that museum have a good backstory. So I mean you're thinking of everything that's manifested with those items, everything that's manifested in that building. Hundreds of thousands of people coming through with all of the energies that they're manifesting. That's just a yeah. It's a it's a powder keg. It's a literal powder keg. So I I do think that energy surrounding this box has been manifested from other people. I don't
0: believe it's the box itself. I don't, you know, whether the story's fake or whatever, you know. That's what I was about to say. Like, no offense, Zach, but you don't exactly have clean shit in your museum. You ever think that the shit that's happening around you may not be the Dybbuk box? You ever think it might be the demonically charged everything else that you have because you don't give a shit? Or bless your stuff. I mean, I don't. Supposedly, I guess there. Or who knows?
1: I would. I would hope and and think it would behoove him to have someone come in and bless that. You would museum. think, but I mean, also
0: you have to sign a waiver where something attaches to you, yeah, it's not no, their fault. I'm good. I'm good on that. You don't have to sign a waiver with the with the with the Lorraine. What? Right. With the Lorraine. Stop saying Lorraine. <laughs> <laughs> You're like Lawrence. No. <laughs> Um, I mean, yes, she's one of them, but the Warren's Museum, you don't want to sign open. a waiver because they have it blessed at all times. Right.
1: Which I don't know. Technically, maybe they, maybe they should have. They been.
0: they actually might. I don't
1: know. But I don't think. Because I feel like that would be on. That would just be to say, hey, you antagonize anything in here. That's on you. That's true. Because that one guy did and he died. Cause I feel like technically that's why in a place like that you should have those waivers. Maybe they is do have the you? waivers, especially for Annabelle. Bitch. But maybe it's it's Look. a different t- kind of waiver. Where right. it's like if you antagonize, so which that is
0: rightfully so. Yeah, that's on you. Cause that's automatically on you. I would not fucking walk up to that Annabelle doll and be like, "Show me what you got, bitch." You're just you're just asking to die. But like, I feel like just... for Zach's museum, it's more aligned with
1: oh, you're stepping into this place, enter at your own risk.
0: What the fuck? Basically. Fuck? Exactly, yeah. I don't like that. I love Ghost Adventures. I I love Zach and Aaron. I love watching that show. But Zach genuinely worries me because he does not have... He doesn't respect demons. He doesn't respect them.
1: Mm -hmm. Not at all. Um,
0: he he just he doesn't care. He just runs headfirst into anything demonic and is like yes, and that worries me for him. Like it genuinely does. Like I had a friend of mine. We were talking about the uh, the farmhouse that The Conjuring is based off of. I forget what it's actually called, uh, but the one in Connecticut. And um, they were like, yeah, I would love to go with Zach someday. And I'm like, I would never step foot in that house with him. Mm-mm. I would never step foot in that house. Period. But I would never step foot in that house with him because he's going to bring, he's going to, the negative energy that he already has around him that he has constantly had to get exercised because you know he's had demonic attachments. He's talked about it. So not only that, you're walking into a house that literally people who have stayed for two or three days have a Blair Witch effect where they have no concept of time. There's time lost. They have no idea what's going on. Um... They've had demonic possessions in the house. Like, I just... I don't want to step foot in that house for that reason alone, but I would never want to step foot in that house where someone who wants to antagonize the demonic spirits. No thank you. Right. <laughs> like, we know they're already there. You don't need to... You don't need to poke the fucking
1: fire. And that's what I feel like he does. And I don't, you know... People can agree to disagree all they want, but I just... I feel like that's something that... And I feel like the longer the show has gone on, mm-hmm. that's what people, I, you know, obviously they have a show to do. You know, it can be left up to whoever, what, if what you're seeing is real. I, you know, I, I think some are, some possibly could be for TV. You know, that happens as well. You know, it's something you've got to acknowledge. But, um, Obviously, the longer it's gone on, you know, I checked the other day because there's a new season that just started. There was a new episode. Nope. Not trying to promo for Ghost Avengers right now. Um, oh, was there? <laughs> but they've literally, they're in their 25th fucking season of that goddamn show. And I'm like, what in the hell? I've literally been watching that fucking show this long.
0: And here I am, um, like, I've seen every episode.
1: <laughs> I've literally seen every episode. And I'm like, it, it's its like the sensationalism just it just got worse and with zach and um yeah you have to wonder what he's what he's allowing in you know and i've heard him say it on other episodes like where it's like it's it's a hindrance to relationships it's a i would imagine so you know you manage you're around those type of things and you antagonize those type of things and dare i say manifest those type of things yeah, no partner is going to want to be around all your fucking negativity because the closer they grow to you, they're going to feed off of that. Nobody yep. wants to fucking be around that. So, yeah, I don't, not to mention, he just, he's a bro. He just puts off vibes he's already. He's just a bro. And I'm not saying he's a bad person. No. I don't know the guy. I don't know him. I don't know him. And there have been people that have met him that I have met. that have said he's nice. I'm sure he probably is, but I don't know. It honestly, I want to hang think out with lines, Aaron. I think the lines get blurred between Zach and Zach Bagans. I think the lines get very blurred on who he really is. Is is he him or is he this character on this TV show? Yeah, my name so, is Zach. Bagans. Right, that's what I'm saying. Lead investigator of
0: the Ghost yeah. <laughs>
1: understand and you wonder why there's movies that make fun of you and you wonder why there's been so many <laughs> grave encounters the...
0: oh my god that was great
1: good god almighty if you've never seen that movie it's so you are great. doing yourself a disservice i
0: would absolutely love to meet aaron though aaron seems like such a fucking um, sweetheart yeah
1: uh um, oh for sure yeah definitely
0: but it just, it just worries me for him, you know, especially because, just like you said, it seems like the longer the show goes, the more into demonic, into the demonic he gets. And there isn't, there's been very few times where that show has actually made me uncomfortable with something. Oh, there have, yeah, there's been a few um, times. Because yeah. I truly do believe part of the show is fake. I'm not going to sit here oh, and yeah. say well, that everything that I've happens basically is basically said that, yeah. Right. And, but. They have a TV show to do. There are a few parts of a few episodes that have genuinely made my stomach turn. And I'm like
1: Oh, there's also been some episodes that have that have for real scared shit out of me where I was yeah. like,
0: um, excuse me, what the fuck was that? Um so I believe some of it's real, and a lot of the parts that I believe were real were demonic. And it just worries me for him because he just doesn't care. He just really doesn't seem to care. So Godspeed to you, sir. Godspeed. <laughs> Godspeed, bagel bites. <gasps> Literal wow. Godspeed. You need Jesus.
1: You need... <laughs> I think that's single handedly one of the best lines ever. <laughs> you need
0: Jesus. There's, there's a lot. Of people I was there. saying that during The Exorcist a lot last night. <laughs> right. Show. I mean, mind you. Show. Because I don't watch the movie anymore. Right. For those of you for who real. don't know. Um, it was just like she was going around the room, and I was like, "You need Jesus." I mean, look, it's it's a real thing. You really need some Jesus in your life. It's a life. real fucking thing. She went. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that concludes our dibig box episode. We hope, we hope you, you enjoyed. It. Uh, go
1: watch. I some... like talking about the. I like talking about the the origins of the Dybbuk, too some lessons right um guys go watch the unborn seriously i, um, I have to re-watch Casper's it now. gonna give it a rewatch because i watched it again and i was like okay <laughs> um the storyline's really good and uh watch the possession too if you haven't seen it we also didn't mention the movie we talked about last week that's only about an hour long on 2b it's really good it's shot like youtube documentary style um that one's just the Chris called the Dimmick box, isn't it? Yeah, I think the Dimmick box, the Chris Chambers story. Yeah. Um, yeah, searched out on Tubi. That was actually pretty decent. Um, looked very real. So it wasn't yeah, terrible. I, it wasn't it I mean, obviously not real, but it wasn't terrible. I enjoyed it. I thought it was well done. Um again, for for a low budget, you know, and it's literally about a guy. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's taken on the craze of Dybbuk boxes, because essentially after that eBay listing that Chris Manis posted, apparently there were all these people like, oh, I have a Dybbuk box. Oh, I have a Dybbuk box. So apparently he bought one and this crazy shit starts happening to this guy and it was pretty... I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a pretty decent watch. So, um, yeah, watch those. That'll give you some good weekend movie ideas if you didn't already
0: have some. So, And if yeah. you go on eBay now... You can find the big boxes.
1: Oh, I'm sure they're
0: not. I would highly, highly doubt that they're real, but they're they're on there. Um. So next week, my guys, since you know we have been talking about Ed and Lorraine Warren, we're going to discuss the Conjuring. tres finally, <laughs> I we were supposed to do this a while back, and
1: it didn't come into fruition. But we figure this would be a good place to put our movie episode in August, since um. We're about to be you know, hit about with it. some goodies. Well, yeah, and I thought about it, too, because uh, I know some people, because I thought about Candyman, and I was like, well, that doesn't come out until actually the end of August. So that'll probably be saved until our September episode, um, because then we'll do, a obviously, a compare and contrast, like we did with our Pet Cemetery episodes, It, with the original and the remakes. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. But, yeah, Conjuring 3 is going to be so much fun to talk about. Um The Devil Made Me Do It, based on the real-life case. Um, There, again, they are not a sponsor, but (laughs) there is a really, really great documentary to coincide with the movie called The Devil Made Me Do It that is on Discovery Plus that I highly recommend people watching if they are completely unfamiliar with the story, because I had known about the story. It was kind of a refresher really interesting, real-life interviews with the people that it happened to. It was incredible. A lot of archival footage of Ed and Lorraine, which is always enjoyable to see. Um, so it's a really great, it's really great to watch. Because obviously a lot of things in the movie are fictionalized, but there are real-life things that happen that are horrifying. Horrifying. The actual recording of The Exorcism, when Ed and Lorraine were witness... And you hear these voices, they play it in the movie as well. I'm not giving anything away, but they play it on the documentary in the movie. Um, But yeah, this this movie was incredible. Obviously, parts of it were fictionalized, but it was very well done. Um, Also, again, just one quick thing. I really, really loved the inclusion of uh, Ed's heart problems. That was brought up more so. You get to see the age progression of ed and lorraine um because of where you would be in the timeline now of their cases so that was that was really sweet to see um but yeah this was a really great conclusion uh with one of the best and most famous of ed and lorraine's cases and uh i am really excited to review this um if you guys haven't gotten a chance to see it yet i highly recommend it it is it was if you enjoyed the films if you're a fan of ed and lorraine like we are um and again this is just a it's such a it's such an interesting story, you know. Essentially, the first time anyone ever stood trial and literally said the devil made me do it. I mean, that was the first time that that ever went to a U.S. district court. That you know, and and for something as horrific as murder, um, that someone was literally professing that uh, this was not me that did it. It was, it was I was a possession. Under demonic possession. So um i guess we're keeping with the possession theme but um <laughs> i
0: guess we picked a theme we didn't realize yeah we, we did. had no idea <laughs> um but yeah this will be fun to talk
1: about because it was uh you know i i enjoyed this i thought this was a really good conclusion to the movies the you know the the conjuring series has just been an incredibly wonderful wonderful series in the first movie the second movie about the enfield poltergeist this one they're they're just they're great they really are
0: they literally are everything
1: that horror is, because. The, and it, I was and pleasantly it, surprised because the director of this one was the one who directed La Llorona, and that was a. Disaster. We
0: I was a little worried. So we were <laughs> just
1: a tad bit on on. <laughs> I was just a little worried, a little bit
0: on edge, but uh, yeah, it came it came together. No, we did a good job. It came together, and it was well done. He so. did a very good job. Um. So yeah, look forward to that next week, guys. Make sure you watch it. If you haven't, I think it's still on HBO Max. I
1: believe so. Um, it was featured on HBO Max for a while, but... Uh, I'd say you could probably to... get it on
0: Fandango or, like, something to stream or rent at this point. I
1: guess, apparently, some theaters are still playing it. But, oh, really? Um, yeah, it's it's for stream and rent just about everywhere now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it did have that agreement with HBO Max for a while that they were showing it for free as it was running in theaters. I guess some theaters might still possibly be showing it, but at this point now, it's uh,
0: it's uh, streaming for rent. Do do the thing on, on pop. stream to rent. So yeah, definitely support. Um, so guys, you know, of course we have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter all at DFWTO Podcast. The handles are dfwto o a eight eleven. Please subscribe to us and give us a follow on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iTunes. Leave a review because we're just awesome. Reviews help, help, help. they really do. Everything is awesome. <laughs> so, guys, yeah, have a great week. Be safe. Do your thing. Go watch the conj- Conjuring 3. The- <laughs> the- <laughs> <laughs> Go read The Demonologist. Go watch The Conjuring movies. The whole universe. All of them. Just not lie. Rona. You can skip Annabelle too. Yeah, just, just <laughs> skip the ones that don't matter. The only <laughs> reason you should watch Annabelle is to watch Annabelle Creation directly after. Because right. it's amazing. Right. Um, I, yeah. But that's it. This is true. Okay, guys. Have a great... Don't forget. What I forget?
1: We're forgetting. What did I forget? Don't... Oh i'm tired she forgot i'm tired she forgot and but you guys so, don't
0: forget i'm so, I. you know i've been so good at remembering you have been good it's okay it's just today but you it's guys right. don't forget exactly don't, don't fuck for- with the original don't okay. do that don't, don't forget because forget i forgot and it forgot. ruined my life it's okay <laughs> it's
1: all right i'm filled with chagrin it's not it's not, it's not life It's not life ruining. It's not. You're not canceled. You're a
0: life ruiner. You're not canceled. you people's lives. (laughs) She's a life ruiner. She ruins people's lives. I'm filled with chagrin. Okay, guys, have a good week. Bye.